shot first. Come on, grab your friends. We're gonna talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Olet and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greeter shot first. So, Andrew, Brian. Yes, Connor. How are we, guys? Are we doing good? Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, last time we came through here, at least a couple episodes ago, I think I had mentioned that uh, my brother-in-law uh, watched The Rise of Skywalker because he wanted to see what Star Wars was all about. Right. <laughs> I didn't get as nearly as much info as I thought I would have because I wanted I wanted my sister-in-law to check back with me after it happened. So I even, you know, I, last time I talked to her, I said, Jessica, what happened? Like, what is Jackson's candid review of The Rise of Skywalker? And she initially just said, well, he was very disappointed that Donnie Yen wasn't in it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense now. He wanted to start with Rogue One. Yes. Because he's a big fan of Donnie Yen and Ip Man. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you poor, you sweet summer child. <laughs> so, but, so they watched it. They didn't understand a single thing, pretty much. That's, that's pretty you much what don't I took away from it. I mean, I've watched all 11 Star Wars films, or all 10 that came before it, and I don't know that I understood what happened in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I'm sure that most of the people who are in The Rise of Skywalker don't know what happened in The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. But it was still just funny to realize, because like, in my mind, I was thinking to myself, like, if Jackson being a fan of Donnie Yen and, like, Ip Man and all, the, all of his subsequent films and everything like that is like, I'm surprised he doesn't talk to me more about Rogue, like, Rogue One anyways. Uh-huh. And it just makes sense now, like, oh, yeah, he wanted to start with the one he knows most about. But it's like, that's the most recent one. And I also found out that Jackson's not big on movies that aren't uh, from, like, the current decade, so to speak. Oh. So he doesn't watch any old movies. So watching, like, the original like uh, trilogy is probably like out of his starter. Yeah, it, it's not it's not for him in mm-hmm. other words. So it will be a little more difficult to see it. But he is a fan of the Mandalorian. Well, that's good. So I'll take that, you know. That's, that's a good start. That's what I said. Does say. he understand what's happening? I think so. Like cuz okay. we got like we got a text from uh them the other day just saying we want to see the baby. <laughs> so, but we weren't sure which baby they were talking about, so we'll see what happens. Fair enough. But uh in other news, I guess it's a better way to just putting Utaputa everybody. Hello and welcome to Greeter Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew. And we are here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars and anything even freaking related to Star Wars, but today gang, we're back at it. We're talking Mandalorian. More Mando. More Mando. Season 2, Episode 7, Chapter 15? Yes. Yes. I counted right. <laughs> I'm getting there. Simply titled, The Believer. The Believer. So I should have believed in myself without That's a trace right. and a doubt makes, in my mind. Makes me think of that. What's that stupid band? <laughs> uh, Imagine the, the Dragons, s- I think. The Smashing Mouse? That's what? right. Yes. <laughs> Smashing <Believer>. Faces. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. No, I'm a believer. <laughs> also, yeah, ah, Smash Mouth is accurate. And the yeah. monkeys. All right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I got some time for the monkeys. Hey, hey, with the monkeys. Has anyone ever seen Dewey Cox? Yes. yes. Uh, one of the best lines from that movie is whenever they have the point where they're, they're <laughs> hanging yep. with, the, with the Beatles. They're like, we love you guys. You're probably just as good as the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's such a great little lie where it's yes. just like, yes, it's obvious. But uh, we're not here to talk about... Uh, you know, nostalgic movie tropes or no music tropes of the sixties and seventies. We're here to talk about star Wars. That's not right. I think that's what we're here to do. Yes. We are we're here, here to, to talk that. about star Wars. Yes. But, uh, so without further ado, uh, real quick, spoiler free review. Um, this was a filler episode, not in a bad way. I think this was probably one of the most, uh, engaging episodes for din for our titular Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And I think this shows just, this this culminates in a lot of growth for his character. I would say this is far more of a character development episode than just straight up filler. That's right. that's a good way to put it. So, and another thing to put, and this is a small spoiler, this is the first episode since probably the first episode that has not featured the child. Yes. So. That's just well, right, yeah. up there, right up top there. You are correct there. Although we do see the child in the first episode. Towards the end, though, he wasn't. Yeah, he he was, wasn't the episode. the waning moments. Yes, <laughs> but it, it, I don't know that the show would work if they didn't do that reveal at the end of the first episode. Exactly. Yeah, it never would have worked that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with all of that. I think it is. There's something to be said for. I think overall in this second season of the show, they've really figured out how to do filler episodes that still mean something to the story. 
I agree. I mean, you look at like this episode, as, as Brian said, I think it's an excellent character development episode for Din. I think you go back to like the siege, which people also cited as a filler episode. And, and we get a, like, we get a lot of plot development around Din that he's not necessarily exposed to. Yes. Um, fully anyway. So they've figured out a way that it's not just like, okay, we're literally just going to go do a totally unrelated side quest. We're going to do something that matters for the ongoing story. Right. I agree with that. And they, they, like beyond that, it, there's more than just one character who has development through this whole episode, but we'll get into it. Uh, the, right beforehand, like I said, I still very much enjoyed uh, this episode regardless. Uh, Andrew, you enjoyed it. I imagine I liked it a lot. Brian, did you enjoy it? I did. And yeah, yeah, simple as that. Let's just jump right into it. Last chance, three, two, one. Spoilers coming your way. Andrew, what is the overview? To move against the Empire, the Mandalorian needs the help of an old enemy. Again, succinct, knowledgeable. Every word means something. There's there's proper nouns and verbs and and other literature notions. I don't know, man. It's a great economy of word usage. <laughs> Basically, less is more, as they say. As they say. Uh, but so, uh, who's the director of this episode? So this episode is not only directed by, but also written by Rick Famuyiwa. Rick Famuyiwa. Famuyiwa. I apologize. I know I'm not. We, we we've practiced. Yes. <laughs> a little behind the scenes, we yeah, practiced. We did practice, um, and I feel like I still almost messed it up on my first. I think it's credit where credit's due. It's it's yes. it's not it's not too much of a bastardization. Yeah. But we'll just call him we'll call him Rick for short. Yes, director Rick, just so we're not uh, yes. upsetting anybody. Famously, he he did the episode The Child mm-hmm. as well as the Prison Break episode, which the, uh, this in is also one. Yeah, I was gonna say this also pays homage to that yeah. as well. Yes. Continuation of uh, one Mi- of his characters. Yes, exactly. So apparently, Migs Mayfeld is in fact Rick's character. Rick's character. Well, yeah. So, so uh, what's the cast list look like for this time around? So we've got Pedro Pascal as the titular Mandalorian. What? Din Jaren? Yeah. It's when? crazy. Oh, my God. Uh, Bill... You know, I heard he left halfway through the season. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay. We got Bill Burr as Migs Mayfeld. Oh, yeah. He we got a lot of like uh, Marvel alliteration here going on. Make, Pedro oh, yeah. Pascal, Bill Burr, Migs Mayfeld. I could dig with that. Uh, we got Gina Carano as Cara Cynthia Dune. Oh, yeah. Cynthia. She's a really cool dancer. Yes. <laughs> Tamora Morrison as Boba Fett. Yes. Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand. Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon. Richard Brake as Valen Hess. Oh, yes. And Katie M. O'Brien as the comms officer. She's really making a... Com- she's she's like a subtle big character this season, <laughs> is she not? That's I alluded to what I suspect may happen uh, in the last episode. It didn't happen in this episode, but we still got one more shot, one more kick at the can. We never know. Never know. Uh, so, uh, again, with the uh, cold opens, uh, this was a cold open. Not so much to knock it out of the park, but... This also does what I love about this series. It's more world building. Yes. Uh, we already know that we had to go to a prison mood to get uh, Migs Mayfield, and this is where we find him. It's uh, at Carthon a, Chop Fields. And it's all old Imperial scrap. Yes. Loved it. I love seeing all the like the tarnished ATSTs and the and the ties and even the like the um the walker, the scrap walker in the mm-hmm. background. Apparently that's stop motion. Did you know that? Oh, I did not know. I, yeah. They, they, from what I remember they, if you look at the credits, there was some, it, it, I think it was actually propped up on Reddit too. Like some, the person who was actually responsible for it, like they, they brought it up. Oh, that rules. But yeah, I, it's, if I you, was not aware. If you pay attention to like the scrap walker itself, it doesn't have as nearly as much motion as anything else. And I think that's because they do a stop motion, very old school L I L L M, uh, like, uh, feel. Yes, mm-hmm. no. Harryhausen. Yes, so I thought that was very cool. But again, just seeing uh, it's dirty, dirty universe out there. Yes, you know, and it's awesome. I yeah. love the thought of uh, ex-imperial prisoners being made to uh, take apart their toys. Dis- yeah, yeah exactly. dismantle. You know, their- <laughs> very. You poetic. made this mess. You get to take it apart and clean Agreed. it up. Now, was anyone else 
like so we the shot opens up not only on the on the field and everything but like you see the feet of the droid walking towards a prisoner mm-hmm. did anyone else think it was going to be a k2 unit yes i did i was so ready for the pop of it just be like a k2so like reprogrammed mm-hmm. but i mean it was still just like a new republic security plot it's like which whatever yeah i was also i was very impressed with the animation of the actual like Walking. motion sequence of the like its walk cycle and seeing like the tech and like the shock absorbers in the, the droids hips going, oh, like, it's all very, that's a very interesting it's all yeah, very tech. real like, yeah they, they kind of took the anatomy of what you could because when you think about like you see the the animation for like a, a terminator because mm-hmm. the terminator is designed to be uh you know it's an infiltrator it's, it has like the same anatomy and blah 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 but like it they do such a good job with making a terminator like robot mm-hmm. you can see all the joints you can see the muscles and everything like that and they still do the same thing with these droids to the point where they they already lived in character yeah. I, I appreciate that and the, yeah and this is certainly not me like saying anything bad about like lucas or anything but it it's just fun to me how far along they've kind of developed the droid like personification since like the prequels where basically we had three movies of people like floating about three inches above the ground yeah. for all three of them just because of all the green screen usage and everything. And now we're back to normal. Yeah. And now they're really, I feel like that's like a lesson that they took and we're like, all right, let's really make this look real grounded. Yes. yes. Well, I mean, that goes back to what we were talking about uh, the Jedi episode and you had brought up um, the HK units, mm-hmm. the way that they moved when they tumbled onto the mm-hmm. roof and everything. Again, they're just flexible. Very and it's also, kinetic, very believable. It also re- goes back to the Dark Troopers, too. Again, they looked clanky. They looked big. They almost looked like super battle droids in a sense, but I'm mm-hmm. sure that once they get their chance to actually move and attack and everything like that, because we've only seen them go down, grab, and go back up so yeah. far. Yes. I'm sure they're going to be just as intimidating. Yes, probably probably some time to to see what they have to offer still. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so now we, we find out that Mayfeld has been released to the custody of New Republic Marshal Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Uh, he's and, like, what's this all about? Hey, what are we doing here? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> and he's like, I, I like his reluctance to even go. He's just like, I don't... Can't you see I'm busy? Yeah. yeah. And then the security droid tells him that he has three seconds before he gets shocked. Oh, my gosh. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah. Uh, And then we they walk back to Slave One and he sees Boba Fett, which uh, that sudden new Boba Fett. Yes. So that's there's a lot of contention online of people being like, so he had time to repaint his armor and everything (laughs) like that. So I talk about a side quest. We should. Yes, we should address this. I think. I, w- I would like to hear everyone's thoughts on it. Uh, my personal thought on it is the fact that I think we talked last episode about how Boba char- Boba's character has grown mm-hmm. uh, and he's a much you know older and wiser and stuff like that. I think when it came to his armor being uh, patched work and everything before, he kind of left it as a message of like, you don't mess with me. You mm-hmm. know, this is like, I, I can take a lick and keep on going. Whereas now he wants to present himself and he probably also has the validation now uh, from an actual Mandalorian. Yes, that he, that he is a Mandalorian. And, and so thus he has earned it. Yes. That's kind of what I've, that's what I took away from it. Yeah, I actually, I strongly agree with that. And I think the reason behind, and, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, they had time to paint his armor. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, he was, he was traveling, traveling in, in yeah. space. In space. Can, can Slave One go light speed? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it can. So, but I mean, this is an ongoing question. Like how long does hyperspace travel take? And yeah. it's still like probably a couple of days to go from Tython, which is like an inner core type of planet to, um, but where, or wherever you know, this wherever, like prison moon was, yeah. because again, like they were also talking about outer rim and stuff like that. Yeah. There, there's only so many routes that you can and, take. Yeah, and they had to go to Navarro first yeah. because they go pick up Kara. And it's, I mean, it, it, it's the same idea behind a, a highway system. You have to go west before you can go north and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's. I mean, it, not to mention, if it, if we're all talking the outer rim. The outer rim is literally the widest circumference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. a so lot like the of widest diameter. Between. Yeah. So it's like it could be the outer rim on this, you know, plane of the galaxy. But or the exact the... opposite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just it, man. Like it, it, it's a whole nother spectrum of just travel that we've talked about too many times to count. I feel like it, it, yeah. not to say that we won't talk about it. Yeah. But I'm just saying that like <laughs> it is one of those sub those subjects that is ongoing. Yeah. What exactly is space travel like? Yeah. You know, and it's and to me, it's not like the it's not like he 
had it done by like some professional Mandalorian. He armor did it himself. It's clearly yeah. hand drawn. I so. like I considering also he has his, his crest is very prominent as well. Mm-hmm. Like he had like again, throw it on autopilot or whatever. He probably had time. He probably had the paint on the ship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was probably like, well, it's been X amount of decades since the last time I've done this. So what the heck? Because <laughs> it was it was blue and silver beforehand, so he had to paint it once. Yes, that's all I'm saying. I agree. But regardless, so, uh, that, so I that, don't have a big issue with it. No, no, no. I I think that it's a good way to ex- explain it. I think everyone can kind of mm-hmm. agree with it. You know, it is one of those things where it's like just just take it. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but. So I was going to say, I had slightly mixed feelings when I first saw it, because on one hand, I was like, oh, this is Disney making a cash grab so they can sell new shiny Boba Fett armor merch. (laughs) And I'm like, like you were saying, the scrapes and the scuffs were part of what made him someone visibly when you first encounter him. Oh, I don't I don't don't want to mess with this individual. But on the other hand. My God, did that armor look sharp? It looked good. It looks very. It looked <laughs> yes. very sharp. You can only imagine what he looked like in his heyday, like before he actually started getting the scars and everything on yeah. there. It that is a good point though. Like, and my guess is, I'm wondering if they might introduce like a like they'll do like a Cobb Vanth figure that'll have like the very you know old looking armor and look then like Jack Skellington underneath. Exactly, yeah, and then they'll like the Boba Fett figure will be like the shiny. Mm-hmm. yeah you never know but i mean it it ultimately like again it works for what it is uh, the fact of the matter is uh migs mayfield sees boba fett <laughs> and has a moment of well first of all i was hoping that he would actually recognize fett uh-huh. was anyone else hoping that where he was like uh why is boba fett here like i heard, yeah. he, I heard he died or something yeah, I mean, like that yeah if he's like a, a special uh special forces sharpshooter who fought in the empire like should know would probably know like high value uh targets or yeah. bounty hunters and all that kind of stuff exactly but it is a great non-sequitur where he's like oh it's just i thought you were some other guy yeah. like even shrugging off the fact that this is boba fett we're talking about he's not that yeah. worried about him. <laughs> yeah and yeah the, and less worried about boba fett and, and more worried about din. din and that's when he does that pan and you see din come down the ramp of the slave <laughs> one and it's just oh, yeah. okay now you're the other guy i'm worried about yeah <laughs> Oh. Hi Mando. <laughs> so uh long time no see. You gonna kill me or what? Like <laughs> yeah. that I love that intimidation. It's just so so freaking oh I don't know. Everything about it. Yes. So just next, see him come back. Yeah. And next question. Does the passenger compartment of Slave One look like how you thought it would look? No. <laughs> yeah. I agreed. didn't well first of all, like it this is again, this is a this is a good chance that like we got to see the slave one in action la- in the last episode flying around and everything, which we have seen before. Yes. But this is the first real chance we've gotten to see the interior of the ship. To see it and it's it's a gyroscope move. Axe, move oh. and everything. It was so beautiful. And like the, just the fact of the matter is like nerd goosebumps. I would love like cause I know you know you've seen these books out there, but like the the um the infograph books where you actually see the interior of like X wings and star destroyers and like you can see where all the the power coils and the motivators are all located underneath where the missiles go and stuff like that. I'm sure there's one out there for the Slave One and how the gyroscopes work in it and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's just seeing it in real time. Yeah, it's it, so beautiful. Yeah. And I, I liked this kind of nonchalantness of like all of these kind of consummate professionals just like <laughs> just sitting not even down. Care- yeah, just sitting there, not even caring that like literally the whole ship is just turning pivoting around, around them. them. It's yeah. so like cool. stick out your arm and you lose it. Basically, <laughs> like, yeah. Keep your hands and arms inside at all times. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting that the the actual cockpit is still like no, oh, that's. Right. Hard installed <laughs> into the frame of the ship. Yeah, exactly. You move you always, with the ship there. Yeah. Well, we also see that in Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. the very first time when Boba gets into That's the right. ship, he has to like lay on his back. Yeah. And somehow he's able to see, like, even like that point where he tries to shoot Obi Wan, like he has to crawl up to the glass to like look out. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's really cool. I think. Um, we can go into like the slave one two a little bit. Do you what, what what's your knowledge of the slave one? So like what do you know about it? Because I know a little bit about it. I on it like this will maybe sound as a surprise given my like just absolute love letter to Fett in the previous episode, but I don't know all that much about slave one. <laughs> oh come on, bro. <laughs> no, all right. So I don't teach know. me what you know. I'll teach you what I know. I don't even know if any of this is still considered canon or not. But I'll just tell you what I do remember. And this is only from the Bounty Hunter game, 
right? With uh, where you played as Django. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea was that when you start the game off, you're flying just a regular like freight, you know, ship. It's no nothing special. Like that's even like one of the points of contention in the game is like you're just driving this rust bucket, and at some point. Django ends up on a prison moon or what have you, and uh, the security ships around the prison moons are these fire spray ships, which are the Slave the, One right. ships. Yes, and I guess a, I know that much. There's a whole fleet of them, but mm-hmm. Django inevitably has to make his escape, but to avoid pursuit, like his his ship has destroyed, so he takes a fire spray and to keep everyone else from attacking him. He destroys all the other fire sprays. Mm-hmm. Thus, his fire spray is the only one in existence left. <laughs> he has the only fire spray still running out there in the galaxy, and that's why he renames it, repaints it, redubs it the Slave One. Mm-hmm. So that's the long and short of it. It's a like prisoner patrol ship that's heavily modified for bounty hunting and all this kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. still just very cool. Yes. I think it's just a very cool that's... little story of saying, like, this is why his ship is so unique, because mm-hmm. he just literally destroyed all the other ones. Yeah, and that makes sense. I, I like that kind of history behind it. And, you know, it kind of builds in the same way that you can hear or uh, that, you know, that the Razor Crest kind of operates. Yeah, um, pre-Empire surplus. Yeah, and, you know. yeah, and it's just kind of like, it is basically like a freighter of a sort, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Din has just modified it to his uh, own pursuits, at least until freaking Gideon. The, the, yeah, disaster struck. The tragedy happened. The tragedy. One Have you ever of heard of the tragedy of the razor, the crest? No. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, apologies to anybody if you're picking up any of the jizz whalers yes, next door again. They're whaling that jizz all over the walls. And all it's, over. It's not doing good. <laughs> Um, but no, honestly, like I, I, I don't know if it's even considered canon anymore. I know that like most video games and stuff like that are yeah, now not, legends or whatever. Yeah. But I, I would like to think that, that part of it is still there. Mm-hmm. Regardless, well, I like that. Yeah. Moving on. So this is where we get the title card. Yes. Oh, sorry. Well, and the yeah, the only other thing I was going to say. I mean, and I guess does this? I don't remember. No, I guess it's before the title card. Is just where Kara refer refers to Grogu as. Din's kid. Yeah, he's like, he got his kid. You mean the little green guy? Yeah. He's like, yes, the little green guy. Oh, so he that took was, his kid. Yeah, that was touching. It was it was cute. So there's a lot of those moments. So yeah, we see the title card. That's when we have the whole moment where we see the, the inside of the Slave 1. He tells us that we're going to Morag. There's nothing on Morag. Yes. Except there is. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's people and apparently an Imperial base run by XISB agents, which is already terrifying in itself. Yes. Now this is another thing that they keep bringing up here and there. And they've brought up in like uh, the cartoon shows and stuff like that too. But ISB is probably one of the most underrated, like villains of the star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause they're like ISB was villainous to the empire just as much as they were to everybody yeah, I mean, else. They're like the thought police of the empire. Exactly. Yeah. If you weren't thinking and moving and shaking the way that they were supposed to, then, you know, yeah. you got taken care of. Yeah. Then you were, you were subject to ISB review. And if you were reviewed, that Poorly. typically meant you were dead. Basically. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but we'll get into that later once we, uh, introduce that character. But as we go, uh, we land on Morag and he does the scan. He finds that they are refining Rhydonium. Yes. Uh, which is highly volatile and explosive. Yes. Okay. Okay. Have we ever heard of Rhydonium before this? Um, I should have done more looking into this. I believe the answer is yes. Okay. I want to say... Maybe even in Rebels. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like that or maybe like a book or something. Like where okay. they're just talking about like this highly unstable explosive... You know what? Yeah, because remember the um, the the Canaan book where mm-hmm. Canaan and Hera meet. I forget mm-hmm. what it's called, but I think because they were they were moving. Um, you know what? Maybe that was Rhydonium there. Who yeah. knows? But they were moving that, that that explosive composite from one moon to another, mm-hmm. and that was like the big yeah. deal. Yes. Yeah, that's what Kanan is up to, essentially. Yeah, when... he's a freight hauler. Yeah. And he's like, oh, don't move that stuff too fast. You'll blow it up. Yes. You know, or whatever. So for all we know, that's what it was. But I, I kept hearing Rhydonium. And in my head, I kept thinking, uh, it's Rhodian, but it's when they keep saying rye, that's why I'm like, no, it's not Rhodian, it's Rhydonium, not yeah. Rhodium. Yeah. You know, so, because I'm yeah. like, oh, Rhodians are from Rhodia, it would make <laughs> sense that their, their, their element to the universe is Rhydonium, because it's kind of of their name, but, yes. you know, but that that's probably a stretch in itself. Exactly. So, but I, I digress, so. so. Yes. 
I appreciated the very colorful explosions that the Rhydonium. Oh produced. yeah. <laughs> but we'll we'll get into that in a little bit later. But, okay. Uh, yes. So essentially, we find that Mayfeld needs access to like an officer's terminal, and the only way he can do that is if he can get inside the Imperial base on Morak. On Morak, and the he wants to go with somebody, but since it's ISB and they have all this security. They'll recognize just about everybody. Yes. Finnick so, will be recognized because she's wanted by the F- ISB because mm-hmm. she's ex-imperial. Yes. Uh, so is Fett. Fett. Well, no. Well, Fett has the, one of the best lines. Yeah. But, like, Kara has the Marshall thing. She's yeah. like, yeah, I'm New Republic, so and they'll like, know it's yeah, me. And, and famously, like, her tattoos are... are is indicate... Indi- yeah. Doesn't that indicate she's a drop trooper? The, yeah. yeah. her armband does, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she has a little, uh, yeah, like, like, Phoenix the, one. The Phoenix, like yeah. Like, Beauty Mark. The little uh, teardrop exactly. tattoo. Pri- prison tattoo. That's I right. love it. And then, yes, Boba <laughs> Fett has Fett. the best line. What about you, Fett? Let's just say they might recognize my face. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's <sighs> so good. Oh, it's so dang good. So. Uh, like and this is another moment where they're just nodding to the audience, like yeah, because he's a clone trooper template. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he All is right. the clone, he t- is clone trooper. Tro- yeah, but um, um again, so yes. that this is a this is again. So I, I I spent a long time trying to think about the overall title of this episode, and I'd like to come back at the end and kind of get everyone's thoughts on right because again who I think is there's multiple believers believers yes. yeah but who is the believer in your eyes and where was their moment and stuff like that but this is one of the first moments i see that it's because din knows that if this doesn't happen he doesn't get grogu back and he's like i'll go right but i won't show my face yeah he, that he was he like zooms in on oh. the on the juggernauts that are driving past and he sees that they're wearing helmets and he's like all right i might be able to make this work i yeah. can make that consolation to my beliefs oh yeah. my god well so and another thing real quick this is also uh only i think the second example of tires in star wars <laughs> first well, one being like the the arc troop like the the troop carrier from clone wars they had they were like giant tires you know mm-hmm. what i'm talking about well and they have them like the like prisoner transport that Jin is on in rogue one right definitely has tires that does okay so all right yep i, I did I think I, I had that kind of like fleeting thought like oh it's not floating <laughs> yeah, yeah there's tires <laughs> interesting so that but yeah i appreciate that the, like there's there are still moments like that it's not all just walkers and floaters it's like yeah there's still some rubber to the road some rollers <laughs> <Yes>. yeah <laughs> but yeah so Probably i couldn't like remember if that was called. another it just <laughs> it seemed very familiar to that like giant rolling tank from mm-hmm. the clone wars that's mm-hmm. all i know well yeah and it, i i read something and i was i think it was on wikipedia or whatever but it was basically like this is like the mark 5 version of the rolling troop transports from clone wars right so, but yeah, and it's called like, so they're, they're, well, I mean, they're dubbed the juggernauts, but their official title is Imperial Combat Assault Transport. It makes sense. Yes. Imperial Combat Assault Transport. So that yeah, also I makes can't. sense because they, the, uh, what's his name? Valen. Valen? Valen. Valen he refers to the, you're, you're the, you're the tank troopers who brought that. Yeah. Shipment in, right? Yeah. So essentially it is like a, an armored tank. That mm-hmm. also just happens to be carrying a bunch of highly explosive material. Yeah, they just right. happen to be using it for uh, cargo. Yes. So purposes here. What did everyone think about him like changing out? Like seeing Din in the stormtrooper armor the first time was kind of silly. Yeah, because it is just like you you know it's him, and he looks so awkward. And... <laughs> he he, he kind of walks stiffly and everything yeah. too. It's another space thing to Bill it Burr's line about uh oh the shame. <laughs> <laughs> It lands. I thought that landed. Yeah, that well. was that was a wonderful. It's deal. like it's like this is worth the price of admission right there. Like, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, this is also again. This goes into what you were saying at the beginning. This is a very development heavy episode. Mm-hmm. The the exchange between uh, Megs and Din as they're driving through the town, where he just goes. Empire, New Republic, doesn't matter. We're all invaders on their land. Like, yeah. let's my, get one thing straight. I'm no, we're nothing like each other. And then Migs goes on to say, "Listen, I see it in you. We're survivors. When when things get desperate, you do whatever you have to do. Yeah, oh your rules start to change when you get desperate. Is the actual line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's such a good line, and like that whole soliloquy from Migs was awesome. And I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like again, this, this holds up to the fact it's like." 
we kind of gave you know we kind of gave him a little bit of like guff for his like his first appearance in yeah. episode six well, like it's... yeah it's bill barr in space yeah you know but like this whole episode i felt like he said bill bill burr <laughs> i was gonna say bill bill, bill, barr, bill, barr. bill barr sorry <laughs> sorry that's, that's mispronunciation that might be fault. uh i think there's definitely some uh <laughs> forget that no, no, <laughs> some star wars uh bill burr, no. equivalents of bill barr in bill, space but yeah no bill burr Masamita, I, maybe this uh... is this is some of his this is some of his orn free talk this is some of his best uh like uh, some of his best uh work here like yeah honestly like between that and like later on like it, it just his interactions and everything like I thought that he did pretty well. He should be proud of himself because, like, I know he's trying to go up in the acting area and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought he, I thought he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think, I mean, it's like on one hand, you do get him like literally double down, doubling down on like the you people type of joke. Yeah, which, like I was, <laughs> I mean, slightly problematic, oh. like in his first appearance where he kind of was like fairly xenophobic yeah. to other races. In his first appearance. Because that's the Imperial part of it. And it it is the Imperial part of it. And I get that. And then, like, they still go back to... And by you people, I do mean Mandalorians. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, and that was like, are we really doing this again? Yeah. Or him ripping on um, Cara Dune, like, for your sunny disposition. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. (laughs) So he's still kind of a a, a misogynist, basically. But but then, like, as we get into this actual, like, rolling conversation, it like all of a sudden it's like this totally new character that, that he really... like lets himself out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he uh, he very much scratches that old Star Wars itch of the uh, the scoundrel with the heart of gold. Exactly. Yes. Well, to that end, uh, scoundrel with the heart of gold is nothing if not for a attempted pirate, uh, you know, a takeover or a explosion or what assassination have you. assassination yeah so the, the whole thing of uh juggernaut three exploding and then like they're just what happened and then all of a sudden lady's like proceed with caution she's like proceed with, are you kidding me like <laughs> yeah. that whole thing and just and that so the whole fight between din like getting up on the roof and it's like are you seriously shooting a blaster around R- rhydonium and stuff like that and getting up on the roof and fighting mm-hmm. the pirates and stuff like that First of all, it just showed how much junk the, the pistols were because he had about six shots. Yeah. And he just throws the dang thing. <laughs> yes, and yeah. then you see also, this This goes back to what I was saying last episode about Din being so so used to his armor mm-hmm. that the first couple strikes that he takes... He seemed... Yeah. It completely obliterates yeah. his armor. And he well, tries to put up put, his Yeah, exactly. And, and, it's just like, is, and they literally just get blown off. Oh my this God. is two episodes in a row where a melee weapon just shatters, just... Yeah. Just decimate stormtrooper armor. Yes, it, that just shows like how how weak it is. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like you know, and at least in the last one, like Boba was using a Gadurfi, a gaffy stick, Something. which is like an actual weapon. Yeah, but like they these guys were like literally had sticks. It was like practically <laughs> they're like very rudimentary spears. Like that's kind of how they <laughs> yeah. looked at it. Yeah. Um, I my note on this again because they don't identify these aliens at all. No, um, I, I, these are new. These are new uh, species. I had that thought. I was like, I don't remember seeing any I was, beings like this. What, I was figuring they, they were either going to be like Nikto or um, oh, what the heck? Um, what's um, uh, what's Hondo's species? I can't think of it. Uh, he... Pirates. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's... <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, oh, why? Can't I think of it right this moment. That's really that's messing with me. I can't think. We'll get back to it. We'll, it's, it's we'll not get it. Out of here, here. But like that, all I'm getting at is like I, it's not your typical pirate on a skiff. Mm-hmm. It, these are new. These are new aliens of a certain of a certain uh, breed or whatever. I'm yeah. sure we'll learn more about them. Yeah. But I like the fact that like it, something must have been up where like maybe the Rhydonium was theirs, or maybe they just don't like them or whatever. But like the whole idea that their their sole purpose is to jump on board and crack scuttle these ships. And, yeah. yeah, just. Just completely taken away. These are rebels that yeah. they're fighting. Yeah. Well, I have a very interesting, like, you know, my thought, and and it maybe didn't dawn on me the first time I was watching it, because, you know, they like they refer to them as pirates, and it's like, well, they must be bad guys then. If they're Obviously. But, but then you think about it, and it's like, these must be victims of the Empire. Exactly. That's another thing, too. And, like, I mean, I understand that, you know, that Din has to do what he has to do, but it there is this like real uncomfortableness when you start thinking about it. Like, like these are the people that the empire are basically putting down. Yeah. You know, and this is their chance to fight back. Yeah, and it's not that he would have had any opportunity to do anything else. Like, it's not like he had time to reason with these people or anything like that. No. But, uh, you know, but it's just a really interesting 
way to think about what's actually happening in this episode. And it's it's interesting because it does kind of echo one of Rick Famuyiwa's other a- outputs, which was the child mm-hmm. and the um, the Sandcrawler battle. Yes. With uh, all the, the Jawas. All yeah. the Jawas. It's true. Yeah. You don't know who's actually at fault at that point. <laughs> you know, who's really the bad guy. <laughs> but yeah. It, and like you say, it, 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 this also goes to what Bill Burr, Bill Barr was, Bill Burr was saying, <laughs> Biggs was saying about, um, stop it. <laughs> it's, what, it's what Biggs was saying about, you know, your principles will be thrown out the window and stuff like that. But like, we've seen this before, like Mando, he, he does eat the, he has a certain line he won't cross and everything like that. But these people were attacking him and he's going to go after him. Simple as that. Yeah. You know, but it just the fact of the matter is that he kept taking one after the other out and like, he saw two more skiffs and then three more skiffs. And eventually it's like a whole yes. fleet. That's like a whole armada. And he's just like, all right, here yeah. we go. And he's like ready to I can take do this out. all day. Yeah. And, yeah. A very Captain America esque thing. And then yeah. that's when we see the tie fighters come in and, we just hear Megs go, uh, woo! Like, just I've all excited. Never been happy to see uh, <laughs> Tie Fighters swoop in, but oh yeah, there God. it was. It yes. was so cool, and like that—that that was a moment where Eva was like, "That's kind of cool." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I shouldn't be rooting for this, but that was cool." And yes. I was like, "Yeah, I know." And so then they get the heroes welcome back at the refinery. Yes, complete with lots of uh, shore troopers. Right, I was happy to look. This is a. I'm happy that they didn't limit shore troopers to just one flick. Like mm-hmm. I know that like with every new property that comes out, they have to have some kind of variant, mm-hmm. you know, here and new there. action figures to sell, man. I yeah. know that's exactly it. But the fact of the matter is, they knew what the shore troopers were for. They were for these like tropical climates and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which this Morag it's a, it's definitely a was. Lovely verdant, yes. jungle planet. So they, I'm I'm happy that they kept them in for that to that point. Yeah, I, I mean, was also thinking about this like after seeing the shore troopers, it was like, well. I guess like these pilot outfits that like Migs and Din are wearing are kind of like the ones that like Han wears in Solo. Yeah, they very like reminded me of that very early on. Yeah, or at very at the very least, just uh, I don't know, very certain to what the role that they're playing. I guess you could say yes. But regardless, so now they're at the actual thing. They get the heroes welcome, and uh, they're just they're going about their business, and they have to find the terminal. Mm-hmm. They end up saying, "All right, here's the officers' mess. We got to go and use this terminal," and then. As Miggs is walking in there, he catches eyes with this officer for whatever reason and decides that, okay, I'm going to turn around real slow, and not slow at all, <laughs> and just walk right back to Din and go, I can't do this. Yeah. And it's just like, what? There's some, yeah, there's, there's something very minimal about this sequence that kind of doesn't work because, like, he's obviously there and he obviously makes con- eye, t- eye contact, contact, yeah. contact with uh, Valen Hess. But, and then he's just like, oh, I'm just going to slowly turn around. And then, you know, eventually it evolves that we find out that Hess does not recognize him. Yes. He's like, I don't know, but I don't want to risk it. That so, kind of yeah. deal. So kind of this whole big character development moment, like basically if, if Migs had just gone in and just done his thing, Nothing it would have never happened. happened. Yeah. Basically. And it would have been a very short episode. But yeah, that's also true. But I, I mean, I, you could see, but this also just shows that, you know, he's ex-Imperial. He obviously recognizes Valent. And that's what just shows how scary ISB truly is. Yes, exactly. And and I think that's the bigger takeaway here is that, you know, if we if we delve beyond kind of the surface level of things, it's it's the importance of what an ISB agent it means yes. to the Empire and to people who Are fought idiot. for the Empire. Exactly. Yeah. And so the fact of the matter is, is like, I can't if I don't do this, I lose the kid forever. And that's when. Again, goes back to this thing. Once you know things get messy, you're gonna put your code aside and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. where he's like, "I'll do it." Yes. And he walks in, and that moment where like he does the scan and like he has the helmet on, I was like, "Is it really? Are you? Are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. But he literally told you what you had to do. <laughs> and still, maybe I'll try it. But still, maybe just the fact glitch. of the matter, like when he takes his helmet off, I was still just. <gasps> Like everyone knows, yeah. we Everybody all know knows what Pedro Pascal looks like. But it's still just like, oh my god! And you have to imagine how traumatic this is for him too. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, like, he's not. He doesn't have his armor. He's at naked. All. He's yeah. practically naked, and that's just and just ah, oh, just seeing him do it and just keeping it as natural as he could and like trying to do his thing, and then that's when he gets Valen's attention. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. And I mean, and, and like Richard Brake is just, he's known for like, he's 
most of his credits are like horror films. Very creepy. People. Yeah, he was in uh, Batman Begins as well. He was. Yes, uh, I thought I recognized uh, Joe, him. Oh, uh, Joe. He was Joe Chill. Joe Chill. Yeah, yeah he, he was. He was responsible for Batman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> we Eva and I actually watched. Um, uh, we watched the movie Doom, and he was in yes, Doom. he's in he was, Doom. Yeah. He was a very creepy oh, person in Doom. Yeah. Wow, I haven't it, seen that one in a long time. But it, we watched Doom because Eva was on it. She wanted to do a uh, Carl Urbathon. So she, we were, I was like, oh, if you want to watch Carl Urban movies, well, I'll show you what's up. <laughs> so that <laughs> was part of the repertoire. Yes. But yeah, I just recognized it. I was like, oh, you remember? He was the, he was the creepy guy who gave out drugs in Doom. I was like, yep. oh, yeah, that's him. But they, yeah. there was, again, perfect casting because like he was slimy, but that's just who ISB is. Like yes. they're just very like icky people. If the Empire is the space Third Reich... ISB is the SS. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, that you you hit the nail on the head. That's perfect. Perfect. These example. are specialized space Nazis. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, when we've talked in the they past. They weren't just following orders. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, they they made the orders and all this guys. We've talked about ISB in the past too um with the Aftermath series, one of my favorite characters from the book, um Sinjar. He's mm. ex ISB. Exactly. And you get to hear about his experience not only in training but like as an ISB, like, you know, trooper and like how he had to deal with dealing out, uh, you know, penalties and treason and stuff like that. It's just, you just, I mean, based off of what Andrew and I know, I know that it's just like, it's very intimidating to meet anyone ISB wise. Let's just say that. Yes. So as you say, uh, yeah, but so he's just, he's super famous for, well, famous for being super creepy and he just delivers on that so much. Like just his, like his presentation and his dis uh, demeanor, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> um, is just so good. And like whenever uh, you know, uh, Mayfeld walks in and tries to just walk out with Din uh, to get away from that situation. You're not like, dismissed. You're, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then he just wants to have a drink with them. But... <laughs> it, 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 like it's still just as awkward though. Yeah. But that was so. And this again, probably the best bit probably the best bit that uh, Mayfield had through the whole episode was this scene right here yes. where he says, how about we drink to uh, Operation Cinder? Yeah. And uh, this what? was another line that I'm sure a lot of people were like, he goes, I lived it. And I was like, I did too. Because yes. <laughs> I played the campaign. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, in Battlefront 2. But it was like, and that's where I was sure a lot of people were like, I kind of, I know that reference. I caught yes. that reference. Yeah. But um, certainly, yeah. If, if you're not familiar with Operation Cinder, yeah. it's, it's kind of the plot point of Star Wars Battlefront 2, the story mode in that game. Essentially, it's a uh, scorched earth. I was going to say it's yes. the Empire's uh, scorched earth yes. policy. The, the, if we can't denial. control you, we're just going to destroy, destroy the entire planet. Yes. And honestly, when it, like you think about that in context of where we are five years like after the fact mm. from Cinder and uh, you know, the battle of Jakku and all this kind of stuff. And you see the ramifications from it because the new Republic is still not as trusted as the empire was, but mm -hmm. they're still trying to make a go of it. The empire is responsible for so much disarray in its wake. Right. That, that was the whole point. And like, you can see it just being phased out. Yeah. We're not going to go out quietly. We're going to destabilize everything we've touched. Yes. yes, and that's exactly. where the First Order can come in and take care of it. Because, And this also goes because into Valen Hess's thing. As you go. People don't want freedom, they want order. order. And that was... Ugh. I mean, that line is just... Social chilling. commentary. Yeah. It's also just... It's it's imperial to the T. Like, I feel like anytime you talk to someone who is gung-ho imperial all the way, that's something that they say. It's They don't want freedom. They want order. They want law and order. That's their whole deal. It's like, nah... Yes. Nah, I don't want that. It's just, and it's just like, you know, to the Empire and that, that tense moment. And you see like the, the subtle like head shake from Din and everything. Yeah. Also, well, I want to go we, back go to ahead. that. A go ahead. Bit, let's, let's because let's, that's, I mean, let's obviously, rewind yeah, because we're getting ahead of ourselves. A, obviously, that's such an important scene and, and such an important moment for Din. And it's and like it's such a good acting encounter where it's like, you know, we do kind of forget or take it you know, take it for granted that Pedro Pascal is a really good actor, but yeah. we don't necessarily see all that much. It was nice for him to come in for one day and get that all done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, Remember, like, he quit halfway through this season. For whatever reason, yeah. But like, it's still just, it was exciting. And like, again, yeah, we know it, it's exciting to see his face, but it, it, he is doing the acting. 
like yeah. in, in, for for the most part. I've seen set photos of him doing like the voiceover mm. while he's holding a pillow, holding the pillow yeah. to simulate uh, like holding Baby Yoda. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So like it's very he, method. He, he takes it that far, <laughs> yeah. so I appreciate that. So, but yeah. yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of people that maybe don't understand how like television is made that believe that that's evidence that he's not doing any of like the performance in costume, but it's just like, I'm certain every single line of dialogue has to be re-recorded in studio. Exactly. Especially to get like that helmet effect that they do apply to yep. his character. You got to get it clean enough to where you could do anything with it. And mm-hmm. then you start layering in. The, well, I mean, it's probably, effects. it's like they did with Vader. Like they had Prowse do the, vo- the lines and then just redub yeah, over it. But exactly. like you, like you say, you have to have the mannerisms, yeah. right? But again, this goes into just, it doesn't matter if he has the helmet on or not, but like you get to see the acting chops in play right here. Yeah. And just know? his, and like the acting chops in so far that he has no idea how to act. He's like, very, <laughs> yeah. He's very out of his element. Like look 100% fish out of water. Yes. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Cause you could tell that Mayfield had the, like the one up on it. And like, he was the one who was stirring the pot. Like yeah. he was ready to like yeah. start stuff. And, yeah. Start it up. And Mayfield really understood. Like I need to keep his attention on me because this guy does not know how to do this. Oh, and yeah, I mean, it was like that scene is on it. Like it was like just stunning and striking. Uh, but so it all culminates to uh, Valen Hesting lo- to the Republic or long well, no to the Empire. Long live the Empire. Uh-huh. And that's when and just, Mayfeld's response to that is a blaster bolt to, to the, the chest. chest. And, How about I cap you instead? And everyone just it was real quiet. And you see the stormtrooper who was on his break. Just like, uh, come on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> but that this is also another great moment. Like that lean back that he does because he's holding the gun out over the table. But uh, when Mayfield leans back, he has it against his chest like that. Yeah, that's a sharpshooter thing for sure. I'm sure just a yeah. steady hand, steady to the, yeah. and just like clipped him there. And then he got everybody else. That whole little shootout yeah. was over in seconds, but it was just oh yeah, it was so, and like now you're just like you're in the middle of. Why? Why? Why, yeah. why? Why would you do it right there? Yeah. And and presumably these are actually some pretty elite troopers right? that they're surrounded by. That's what I'm saying. Like of all places to do it, of all the times to do it, man. Yeah, not right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, this whole escape from that moment is also just like I mean, the, I loved the cinematography of it. It just was really beautiful. Yeah, I second that for sure. Yeah, and then we also get to see this is where everybody else on the team gets their moments. So now, like. The plan changed, so they're not coming out from the roof anymore. They're halfway coming out up, from the side. Yeah, half, halfway up on the left. And also this goes... So you, you have to appreciate the fact that apparently on this trip, they've brought two Mandalorians and three sharpshooters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. So like, and it's just, that's all it was. Because like Fennec and, um, and Kara are doing the sharpshooting from the ridge and everything. And yeah. I appreciate the dynamic between the two yeah, of them. Like, there was some was, good back and forth there. Like, yeah. Kind of that mutual respect and... Kicking some butt, and like yeah. they're like, "Yeah, you're not. We're not so different, you and I." Yeah, or whatever. Uh, and so, just all of that, and taking out like the stormtroopers on the roof, and taking anyone that's coming out on the side. Like it was just all worked out so well. And then them getting up to the roof, and then he's like, "All right, Fett, it's time to do your flyby." And you see him. This goes back to what we were saying before that, like the the cockpit is fixed. Yeah, because he's literally so just he's like laying back. Blind, yeah. He's just like, "Oh, I'm good." Whenever you're ready, I'm just laying back here. <laughs> yeah. You know. And as soon as, I mean, so then they, they start climbing and, well, and so Mayfeld grabs the cycler rifle. Once they jump on board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and, like, and that's as they're flying away. Like, give me the cycler rifle. And he takes aim at the open cockpit where the Rhydonium is. That was the redeeming moment for me. Like, yeah. I know there was a lot of hole this and that or whatever, but it was just like that shot. Like from a mile away, I was like, that's why he was a sharpshooter. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and that to me is also another instance of a believer type of moment yeah. where he goes, that's, like, his rede- gotta, that's the end of his redemption yeah. arc. Got, we, we all, all got to sleep, sleep at, at night. night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, but even before that, there was, there was a nice exchange as they were making their escape before it started getting real crazy after the first initial shootout uh-huh. that we didn't mention. Oh, well, yeah. We but didn't he, talk about, I never saw your face. I never saw your face. And he hands on the helmet <laughs> and that little quirk of, uh, Din's mouth where he does that little smile like that little bit of respect right mm. back at him yeah I appreciated that so much it just it, it it took everything you thought you hated about uh Mayfield's character and just kind of flipped it and you're like 
okay yeah we see yeah now you're on board with him as well exactly but then as soon as boba starts just climbing vertically in slave one i was like oh please 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 tell me they're gonna do a seismic charge (laughs) oh please and everyone was like the whole week the whole week everyone was just like if he does, if Rick doesn't use it in his episode, we riot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it, it just, it oh, just it was beautiful. I saw it coming out, and I and like Eva was like, "What?" And I just, I like, I practically put my hand Shush. over her mouth. Yeah. I Shush. said, "Listen, listen." <laughs> <laughs> One of the best sound effects in all of Star Wars. Yes, when we, agreed. When, when Andrew and I did our movie reviews, like we did each movie review. We had the, we had a category you know, specifically like, for that. Like, it was favorite like favorite sound effect, sound effect and mm-hmm. that was our favorite sound effect. Was that? I know that was one of my fa- that's one of my favorite parts of playing uh, the Starfighter Assault in or uh, Hero Starships or whatever yeah, in yeah. Uh, Battle Battlefront Two is just playing as Boba Fett and that. dropping one of those seismic charges and then oh. seeing five kill notifications. <laughs> yeah. pop so up. good, so good. It's so gratifying, even if I get blown up four <laughs> seconds later. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's the other side to it is like he like this shot was cl- like just straight out of Battlefront 2 oh, like, so good. in terms of just the execution of both ties, like right in the good. immediate blast radius. And... It just came down. So uh, it, everything just worked out perfect. Yes. And it's just cool to see it all come back. And then everyone collects themselves up back on the ship and they're flying away and they got everything that they need. He's got his armor back on. And then I think. From Before there. we even oh, leave, yes, please go ahead. We do have to go back to it's a it's a real shame that prisoner three four six six seven died in the refinery explosion on yeah. Morak. It's a shame he didn't make it out of there, and that was a whole thing of like, what is this? Because I'm sure Wait, that one, are he you was gonna like, assassinate me right now, or am me? I free to go? Yeah, and it's just because I'll go. Yeah, he's like, you just get out of here, and so that was a good that was a good thing. Now does I and again, this I appreciate it because they redeem his character. And he is—he's basically a new man now. He's—he's he's free, yeah. and he has a new disposition. I don't think we brought this up, but like him talking about Cinder and the loss of his company, and like the lot—not only that, but just the like how he like how he felt about like the loss of his family or like these company's family and all these innocent people and everything with Cinder and everything like that. I like that backstory for him. Yeah, as to that was the point where he went, no, 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 I'm not this, doing this anymore. This doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. And that I I like the fact. Well, it, it just it just goes to show that like not every person in the empire is as like just dedicated as you think because some people just the veneer starts coming off and you realize that like it's not as slick as it looks on mm-hmm. top, and that's kind of what I get with his character, you yeah. know, especially I mean, on on a very serious note. Yeah. I mean, in that regard, so he sees an absolute massacre or he takes part in a massacre yeah. and then has a turncoat moment. He's not much different than Finn in that regard. No. Right. And I mean, there's, like I said, there's, there's many other examples of it, and especially in New Canon that, yeah. that it's happened before. Yeah. Sinjir, Erika. You know? Erika. Oh, um, oh, what the heck? Even Wedge guy uh, early on is considered yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Wedge and Hobby, and I mean, mm-hmm. everybody. Uh, even Sabine. Like, it, 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 there's, there's multiple, ex- there's multiple examples of people learning that the Empire is not it's all cracked up to be, but yeah. regardless. And that also makes up the, the bulk of, that that young teen or the young adult novel, the Lost Stars that I like. It was like, it was like Romeo, Romeo and Juliet thing where like they're both part of the Empire, but one of them sees that the Empire is like crap and goes and joins the the rebels. And it's a good story, but like it, like I said, it's a young adult story for yeah. sure. But like I know, I, I, I know a lot of people really like uh, Lost Stars. It's good. I I, I hold up to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyways, I do. I mean, but so obviously there's a pretty big question. Like, okay, so of all the people out there that now like know din and have seen his face like it's like this guy mayfeld and so ig well but yeah 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 he's no. not alive yeah have you ever shown your face he's to another not person? To a living person yeah. yes <gasps> so and also ig is he's, like he's, actually yeah dead. but mayfield got, but mayfield's dead up. too so technically <laughs> he's still never been seen by a living person right uh, from a certain point of view. From a certain point, point of view. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> so I'm just curious if that might pay off. You know, are we going to get another Bill Burr cameo episode? I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be mad about it at I, this point. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it. I think they've redeemed the character and they've set up enough of a backstory for him where you go, okay, so he's just going to go do his own thing around the galaxy, and if if there's ever a need for him. Mm. They could easily bring him back, yeah. Because part like I think if I had to write a little bit like a, like a, like 
fantasy wise of what I expect him to do after this. I feel like he makes his way to that little like camp that they drove through and like sees if they'll let him, you know, work his yeah, way. What into can their... he do to help them? Exactly. Yeah. Try and redeem himself a little bit that way. Yeah. Yeah, just it'll be that moment where they come back and he has a red bandana on. He's like, "I'm done with that life. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do this anymore, Colonel." That kind of stuff. But anyways, I, I agree with that. And then our very final scene, uh, we get we flash over to Gideon's ship, and we get a message oh. from the titular Mandalorian. So whenever they said, "I think you should see this," at first I thought it was going to be the explosion. I mm-hmm. thought maybe even it might have been like Mayfield being like. They're coming for you or something like that. Something. I, you right. never know what it was. Yeah. I certainly didn't expect this. Yeah. <laughs> a full on uh, Re- WWE wrestling promo. Yeah. <laughs> I want you. <laughs> I'm calling you out. But it, it's it's almost it, it's almost exactly word for word. Yes. What Gideon says to him in season in episode mm-hmm. seven of the last, uh, first season, and it's just it's it's George Lucas people. It's poetry. It rhymes. It it's comes back. Bank. Oh. But still, just being like, you are in possession of something that I want. Like, you may think you know of it, but like, it is more important to me than you will ever know. Yes. And it just, and it, but it doesn't say it. He says he yeah. is more important yeah. to me. And it's just like, oh my God, his baby. He wants his baby back. And it's I'll like, oh, baby, that baby. Oh. Baby. <laughs> I don't know. I just, and just the fact of the matter is like, seeing Din all like silvered out in a hologram, like the big hologram like that, I got Mandalore vibes. I was like, if he ever becomes like the leader of the people, like right then and there, like that looked like you don't want to mess with this person. Mm-hmm. Oh, just so good. <laughs> just so good. Agreed. I mean, speculation. <laughs> if in this, if, if in this last episode of the, uh, the series, they're going to show down. Do you think he walks away with the dark saber? Uh, I don't know. Part of me wants to make sure he gets his whole gang back together. Like I'm hoping that he gets in touch with the night owls. People want everyone to come back and need to get like Ahsoka involved and stuff like that. That's true. We'll see what happens. I I personally, I feel like it's just going to be him and the crew he's got, but I feel like the night owls are probably going to play a part at some point. Yeah. And I think it'll be interesting if like, if Din does come into possession of the dark saber without Bo-Katan there, like that could be a very that could set up. I'm not gonna say like, oh, they're gonna there's gonna be like a battle between them or yeah. anything like that, but I think it will set up an interesting dynamic you know, dynamic that will have to be explored further. Well, even to that, I mean, like even to that end, uh, Din does not know he is in possession of the dark saber. I don't even know if Din knows what the dark saber is. N- yeah, no, because I mean, I believe that uh, you know, even in the book ten scene like she never refers to the dark saber she just says where is it yeah does he still have it yeah yeah oh so but yeah yeah so it'll be that will for sure be interesting and i agree with you like that that kind of vision uh you know or it's like as i say like in in expanded universe and legends like you know boba fett ultimately becomes mandalore and it's like what happens if it's like okay here's din and he doesn't really want this. And like Bo-Katan's like, well, I failed in this capacity before. Like who else can wield this now? And it's like, well, here's this old Mandalorian over here. <laughs> Knows the ways. Yeah. Oh God. If I was only the, do but, you, <sighs> well, let's go back to the believer question. Okay. If you don't mind. So to that end, I would like to think that, um, my mix is my mix up is either, I feel like Mayfield becomes the believer in the sense that we see him redeem himself, you know, like before he was like, he was still ex Imperial to the point where he was like xenophobic and uh, just, you know, generally like a a butthead to everybody. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is he gets a chance to redeem himself and take out the person who he, he, and he does it without a second thought. Yes. And I think that's a good way. I also see Din being the believer because he goes against what his beliefs are. He believes in the child more than he believes in his code now. Right. And he will do what he has to, to get, you know, what he needs done. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot, he has experienced a lot of external forces 
pushing against his belief system in this season, yeah. especially in the form of like Bo-Katan and the Night Owls. And now with Boba Fett there as well, it's like, these are all Mandalorians that aren't like me. They're, they're unquestionably Mandalorian. They're so completely different. Even Cobb Vanth, like he wasn't necessarily Mandalorian, but he still had a respect to him. Mm-hmm. But this is the whole scene. This is what I'm getting at. Like we had all last season to just, you know, it was mostly like Grogu's story before we knew he was Grogu. Mm-hmm. And just his journey, like trying to get away and figure out why everyone wants him. And this whole season, and like we've said before, it's just you are learning his story, like Din's story, and why he is becoming he, he's becoming his own version of Mandalore, Mandalorian mm-hmm. in a sense. And like I do appreciate that. He's becoming more of a believer that this is this doesn't always have to be the way. Mm-hmm. So much as like this is a way that was taught to me, but right. I know that there are other tribes and other factions out there and stuff like that. And I have enough respect for them. And so, I, yeah. yeah. And I think that's also just a common, you know, star Wars conundrum insofar as, you know, people will look at what failed in the past and they will try to fix it and do something like take a new way, find a new way forward. And, yeah. you know, I think that's going to be an interesting consideration that, that that Din will be able to play a role in whether he takes on a Mandalore title or not. Right. Well, I mean, like even like a, I don't even know how he how he would put it. Like if he if he became Mandalore, what would his title be? Mandalore the what? <laughs> uh, oh, Mandalore the father. <laughs> because you know what yeah. he's doing or something like that. Ooh, that I like that. This is Ooh, something we can come good. <laughs> we can come back to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? More to say in a week we will have probably. <laughs> well, uh Duncan, any final thoughts on your end? Do you have an idea of who the believer might be? Um I um I think I'm going to pile on with the uh the reading that it's it's refer I think it refers to both of them. Mm-hmm. Um I think it also refers to Valen Hess and it shows like if you if your beliefs don't change what happens yeah we're still here no, that's son. a good that's a good yeah. interpretation that is a good choice it, like he obviously believes in what he was doing you know yeah if you're not if you're not able or willing to bend your code to further the cause you will break basically but i don't know i i, I think it's it's another one of these titles that's definitely open to uh interpretation uh but all the same this was I, I, I'll take back what I said earlier about this being a filler episode. I say this is a very I'll, – I'll, I'll, I'll replace it with what you had said. This is a development episode through and through. There's no, there's no problem that it comes like so late in the season. I think this is a perfect way to lead into the season finale. Exactly. Um, I'm excited to get back here uh, whenever that episode releases. I'm excited to talk to you guys about it and hopefully have a perfect re- resolution – if not a cliffhanger of an ending, I hope that that doesn't happen, but we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, but what did everybody else think? Did you guys enjoy this episode? Is there anything else we missed? Is there anything else you want us to talk about? Please don't hesitate to get at us at greetershutfirstpod at gmail.com, all one word. Or if you want to check us out at our Instagram, uh, it's greetershutfirstpodcast, all one word there. Check us out on Twitter at firstgreeto. Or if you want to, we are now on Spotify. So if yeah. you uh, if you haven't uh, checked out our previous season, our whole pre- previous season is up on there as well as these new episodes. Uh, if you can't find it there, also check Apple Podcasts or uh, just Reggie House Podcasts in general. Uh, and with that, I mean, is there anything else we want to say? I don't know. I think that's pretty succinct. I think you got it all. All right, fair enough. But I, I mean, all, always, man, I had a good time. Brian, did you have a good time? I had a tubular time. Ooh, Andrew, did you have a good time? Boring conversation anyway. I bet it was.